friends one more win and they'll avoid a hundred losses hey start somewhere right good morning to you Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Pirates 4, Royals 1 last night in Kansas City. That is a sweep, three-game sweep of just a terrible, terrible opponent. Royals already have 94 losses, and... We're not even out of August yet. But, you know, you go into those situations and you want to take care of business. And the Pirates over all three games, not only won, but also got what I thought was the best out of all three phases of which they're capable at this time. They hit okay, hit a bunch of home runs. They pitched really pretty well, again, considering the opponent doesn't hit anybody. And they made some plays in the field as well. It's it's a good three-game series. I don't think you can take that away from them. I also don't think you can use a whole heck of a lot from any particular stretch of this 2023 season and attempt to identify what kind of team this will have been. I really believe that. You certainly can't take 20 and 8 and do anything with that. I don't think you can take the terrible offensive funks that they were in at the beginning of May and through most of June and do anything with that. Because I believe that there is some hitting talent here. And what's more, I don't think you can do anything with the overall record. I know that's everybody's fun thing, especially before a season. How many wins do you think they'll have? How many wins? How many wins will they improve over last year? How many wins will they drop off? So many different things happen over the course of 162 games, including your injuries, your roster moves, meaning if and when you fall out of contention, you move out players who would have gotten you, theoretically, a couple more wins down the stretch. Carlos Santana, G-Man Choi, Rich Hill. These guys, if they had still been here, would have helped out. I'm not saying they would have made some massive difference, but they would have helped out. How does that figure into your math? I don't know. It really doesn't. But if you look at 61 and 73 right now, and you say, okay, you know, Two, three more wins, and it's an improvement over last year. Do you feel like this season is an improvement over last year? Do you? Do you feel like it was an improvement over the year before that? That's where this gets muddy, because 20 and 8 did happen. And the free fall that followed also happened. And it's not so much that the feel the emotion and the disappointment matter to me. What I'm looking for here more than anything else, and I've been saying this for a while, is a sign of carryover momentum. Meaning, you've got yourself a month's worth of baseball ahead. You've got most, not all, of your younger players 
already up in Pittsburgh. You've got Henry Davis once he's healthy again. You've got Andy Rodriguez. You've got Leo Verpeguero. And on top of all that, you've got your best players, your experienced guys, continuing to be your best players. And you want them to finish strong as well. By the way, Brian Reynolds with a boomer of a home run last night. 440 feet and counting out to left. Just destroyed the ball. Brian Hayes has been nothing less than the best first baseman in the majors over the past month and change. You'd love to see that keep going. Andrew McCutcheon continues to produce. Mitch Keller, David Bednar with another save last night. Those are the five. Now you throw into that somebody that you really, really hope uh, can work his way into that mix at some point soundly, and that's Jack Sawinski. He had an RBI single and a home run to straightaway center last night. You want to see him. No, no, no. You need to see him get straight. But numerically, I don't really care. I I, I want to see a general, broader momentum. I want to see a facet that I can cling to. Can I throw a football parallel your way? I don't like to mix sports on these daily shots. But when the Steelers finished last season 7-2 and two, after starting out 2-6, and six, it wasn't the results that had me sold. It was the facet upon which they'd built it. They built it upon a really, really strong, reliable, consistent running game. I like that. That was something I could hang on to. If you're looking at these pirates and you say, What's the one facet, the one area in which there there isn't one? There isn't one. And you can't point to anything in the Kansas City series either and say, oh, yeah, well, they've, they're all of a sudden becoming a very good hitting team. No, they're not. No, they're not. Two nights ago, they had two hits through seven innings, and then they blew up in the eighth, and then the Royals brought in some kid for his major league debut in the ninth, and the Pirates ran up some more runs on him. Again, I'm not raining on what they did. I'm trying to be real here. I want to see at least one thing upon which they and we can cling and say, listen, they have to address this. They have to address that. But man, did they show, did they show us? at or near the end of the 2023 season, that that's an offense that's worth our faith. And and, and not seeing that, not seeing that, still just from a couple guys, still no consistent approaches. Maybe that won't change until the hitting coach changes. I don't know. But that, to me, is a tangible, real, arguably attainable goal. Why shouldn't some of the younger pitchers uh, Luis Ortiz, get Ruanzi Contreras back up here. Why shouldn't some of those guys use September to take a step forward? Why shouldn't they be drilling into Quinn Priester's head that he should throw nothing but fastballs for the remainder of the summer? I'm totally serious. Don't even let him throw off speed. Why shouldn't that happen? Why not build some momentum in an area or multiple areas for that matter? That's the kind of thing 
that you can work with mentally in the wintertime. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Bill, who says, DK, I'm hoping you can help explain baseball's grading system a little bit. You're always talking about Henry Davis and his 80-grade arm. 80, I assume, is the highest grade. If Davis is an 80, then what would Roberto Clemente's grade have been? Because Davis doesn't have a Clemente arm. Of course, no one does. Just from viewing the games, to me, Josh Palacios looks to have a better arm than Davis, but I never hear anything about him. Or is it that he just throws the ball differently than Davis? Bill, the the scouting scale is what you're referring to. It's not a grading system per se. Scouts have been using the 20 to 80 system for years. I have no idea why those were the numbers that were chosen. But the lowest grade that you can get is a 20 and the highest is an 80. Now, being that we're talking about scouts, we're also talking about really specific elements to a player's skill set and or potential. If you've ever seen even an old school grading card that a scout fills out, and every team has different ones, so it's not like there's some uniform version of it, they'll get into all kinds of minutiae. Even back in the 50s and 60s when scouting was something of a, of a new art. So, for example, if you were grading somebody's arm and you graded it on arm strength, all right, well, that's easy. How hard does the, does the person throw? That's easy. That's where you give Henry an 80, and that's also where you give Clemente an 80. Simple as that. Now, if you want to get into... How accurately does he throw? What sense of awareness does the outfielder have to throw to the correct base in the correct situation? How does, how much harder is it for the outfielder to throw from a certain position? If you'll remember some of Clemente's best throws, or at least the ones that still get shown on video the most, if you're not old enough for that have him doing almost this bounce from one leg to the other. He'll field the ball out of the corner and just 
use his entire body, put every part of him into a throw, and it all looks like a singular motion. Henry Davis can't do that. So what you would see is a breakdown of a lot of different things that if you add up all of Clemente's 80s and then you put in, I'm, I don't want to be comparing Henry Davis to Roberto Clemente defensively, okay? I, I know what you're getting at here, but I feel like the longer this little comparison goes on, it's increasingly unfair to poor Henry, who's still a catcher by trade. But I think you get what I'm saying here. Henry would grade much, much lower in all of these other areas, and Clemente would balance out and and absolutely, obviously smother him in any comparison. But again, I'll reiterate that the 20 to 80 scale is probably the only consistency over time and the only consistency between the 30 major league teams. There's a very different expectation from organization to organization as to how you scout. There's also... Very different expectations between how you scout a player who's in the major leagues and let's say somebody who's in high school and draft eligible. And then there's a completely different world for what goes on in Latin America, where more often than not, you are just looking for raw. And I mean the rawest of raw talent. And saying, okay, well, we hope we can work with this kid and turn him into something by polishing him up. Best answer I can give. I appreciate the question, Bill. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. The team's off today. The team is traveling across Missouri from Kansas City to St. Louis. Begin a series with the Cardinals at Bush Stadium tomorrow night.